Aloha Maui Nui. Hey, this is Josh Porter here. And Jason Verkart, arms up, it's the Solar Coaster. Episode number... Where are we at? 45? 45. 45. <laughs> That's countdown eight to our uh, year anniversary episode, That's Jay. correct. We keep going. Yeah. Well, that's. Uh, there's not much to say about that. I don't know. It's just crazy. <laughs> this, this show right here is optimizing our solar programs, our utility on-grid storage program with uh, Mr. John Borland uh, of, of J-O-B Technologies. Did I say that right? J-O-B? Yes, you did. Okay. Very good. Excellent. Welcome, John. How you doing? Very good. Uh, glad to be here. Thanks so Excellent. much for coming in. John's been here this week with the Maui Energy Conference. Uh, we've been working together. We had a, a great dinner with Tabuchi Electric and all these folks over at Beach Bums. By the way, the best place in the world to have dinner with your colleagues when they fly into Maui. It's very Maui. Right? And yeah, then yeah. Maui Energy Conference with uh, Doug and Fred and all the that's, amazing that's people the, that's there. That's been the big story. I mean, if you haven't been paying attention, that if you're in energy and you haven't been paying attention, then you don't. why don't you know about the Energy Conference? <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's it's been the big thing all yeah. week, all week long. Remarkable conference. I'm tired. Uh, yeah, <laughs> quite a lot going on. Uh, and John has very kindly been in our sales training uh, 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 meetings with our team here and helping us really understand how to optimize an on-grid uh, solar plus storage system. And I, and I think John's the only guy in the world that's done this. I mean, I honestly, I've, 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 you know, we go to Vegas, we go to San Francisco, we go to Inter InterSolar SPI. We don't hear anybody else out well, there talking about Well, that was where we met him. It was the first time we, that's right. he was in Vegas that's presenting right. because it's all revolutionary cool yeah. stuff that he's doing to, yeah. to make this thing actually truly pay for itself and net a what is it zero grid buy is the is the proper term yeah zero grid buy <laughs> very excited uh, kind of a shining light in the conversation of how to make on grid storage work and actually solar rock star solar rock star rock star and solar we got a great show ahead we got a lot of content we're going to hear a little bit about Maui Energy Conference we're going to hear from John about his, his strategies and ideas yeah, stay and tuned. stay tuned because you can figure out exactly how to make on-grid battery storage work for you and have it pay for itself in an extremely short period. Absolutely. And Maui Solar Project is a showstopper price of two systems, I'm going to say in a minute. Ooh, really exciting okay. stuff. Uh, yeah, this week only. Check it out. Here yeah, it comes, yeah. right? right? So, uh, hey, the folks, this is the Solar Coaster. We're on Fridays at 1.05 p.m. right here uh, at KOI 1110 AM in lovely Maui County. Uh, you can find us in some FM stations as well, 96.7 FM Central, 96.5 FM. West Side, 98.7 FM Upcountry. Uh, Call-ins are welcome. 242-7800 is the call-in line. 242-7800. If you want to find out how to get a great system and a great return on investment, unprecedented return on investment, give us a call, and then we'll see if we can uh, share some of the strategies with you. We're going to be doing that throughout the show. Uh, we got a great website. Jay, what's going on with the web these days? Okay, so the solar-coaster.com website. You can go there. You can listen live. If you're not in the geographical area, you can't pick up the AM FM stations, you can get us on the internet right there you can also jump in the studio you want to see what john looks like you want to see what I, the back of my head looks like <laughs> <laughs> click on the youtube link you can get the live stream right now uh, you can also go to our podcasts uh, get all the previous shows in audio form and on the blog now i've updated with every single previous show all the videos you, that Jay. we've ever taken thank you Jay. Um, so there's there yeah, now you can watch the videos as well uh, but go to our youtube channel click like and subscribe if you do like and subscribe it keeps us out there and Let's our sponsors know that people watch the show. Yeah, and we need 100 <laughs> subscribers right on YouTube. Isn't that like I think a, it's a, a thousand, metric? actually. It's a thousand? It's a oh, thousand. Missed the zero. <laughs> I'm always the one missing the zero. All That's right, okay. so we got some great sponsors to keep us on the air. Maui Solar Project, Tabuchi Electric America, Sonam Battery, Pika Energy, and Sundrum Energy. These Love guys these are guys. amazing companies, right, Jay? Yep. Really are. Right side of solar, these guys keep us on the air and are, are just, they're, they're making product that, 
helps us get where we need to be. Yeah. Not just to make some money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. There are some really um, kind of big technological uh, uh, leaps that each of these companies are working on, which I'm I'm really kind of proud to call, call uh, our partners in this. Yep. So uh, MSB, uh, a couple of you know, specific sponsor-related things. Maui Solar Project has a, a booth at the Queen Kalamanu Mall. We've got a couple of big TVs up there with some videos from these sponsors. You can learn more about them. Uh, Jay is threatening to bring down the Solar, our augmented reality <laughs> app from Maui Film Festival. You going to do it, Jay? What do you think? Oh, absolutely. You know, the, the issue is in the mall that when you can't bring in giant solar panels and equipment and everything else to <laughs> we show up. We try. Yeah, you did try and it failed <laughs> pretty <laughs> catastrophically. That's too big. No, you, you, can, you can't do that. Uh, but Solar is an augmented reality application that I built for the Maui Film Festival originally. Yeah. Uh, it's just really cool because you can throw up product data sheets and it'll actually spawn the product yeah. in virtual space. But you can actually look use your iPad to like a little window into an alternate universe but, where the product is sitting there. You get a good sense for what it actually looks like. Yeah. If you want to the live, scale. If, if you want to live with this thing, yeah. yeah. The <laughs> coolest one is actually the smart flower pop because well, that's, that's like a much... twelve foot diameter sunflower shaped array, right? And you can walk it's, all it's around it. It's much larger the scale than you think, and right. so when you actually pop one into existence, it's like, oh wow! <laughs> so come down to the the mall, check out the kiosk, learn all about these great things that we have. Maui Solar Project is doing a this week only uh, John Borland special, uh, the same size system that John's going to be talking about about how he optimized his on grid storage uh, system, roughly the same 6.9 kilowatts of solar 23 300 watt canadian solars 29,000 $500 out-of-pocket cost uh, with a net cost of around 13 grand. Not too bad. Not too net shabby. Net cost meaning after tax credits. After tax credits. That's there the Fed go. and okay. the state, which are still here for us. We also have an opening price point product at uh, 1.8 kilowatts. That's six 300-watt Canadian solars uh, with the same equipment, the 10-kilowatt-hour battery bank and the, the same inverter, for 15.9 with a net cost of 6K. So that is a pretty radical deal. I'll take one of each, please. They're awesome. <laughs> Don't you have a bunch of them? Actually? Yeah, I got a couple sitting out. Okay. But uh, all right, so let's jump into our news and events, Jay. What do you think? Absolutely. Let's go. All right, right out of the gate, we have India attempting to take pole position in world's clean energy transformation. What is this all about? Uh, well, I mean, basically, India is making some big moves in uh, in, in in leadership. I mean, their their goals in in, in the actual overall scale of the, within the nation are really huge. And we'll find the number in just a second. It says this comes. Uh, India chases the world's largest renewable program, mm -hmm. targeting 175 gigawatts. Gigawatts. I want to say gigawatts. <laughs> I know you do. Better. That's why I'm <laughs> stepping 175 on 175 <laughs> gigawatts of renewable power by 2022. That's like right around yeah, the corner. It's I mean, just 2018. Know, is, is there even enough manufacturing? Capacity. That was actually another article I had read, and we kind of well, sidelined that they, the manufacturers need to double capacity in the next year. Did you hear that, Andre? Andre Richter from <laughs> Meyer Burger. It looks like some people need some of your tooling equipment out in India Absolutely. and head out there with your smart wire bifacials, right? Absolutely. And you'll be able to ramp up their production. Um, that's pretty exciting. But it's, it's, it's super aggressive. Just, just absolutely crazy. How much? I mean, the, how much is rolled out in the United States right now? Oh, geez, I don't know the number. I know it's. I don't know the number. Off the top of my head. Okay. I don't have it. Sorry, Jay. John? No. Any idea? <laughs> I, I, 13 gigawatts last year. 13 gigawatts? 13. And so they're, they're targeting last 170. Is that, is that the total? Or yeah. is that that's the total? Total install. Total oh, install base. All right. Yeah. So uh, they're talking 175 by 2022. That's three years. Yep. 175 by 22. So or, that is. I would assume it's the end. So four like years. <laughs> 15 times the amount that we have. That right we have across like the that, entire right? nation right now. Unbelievable. Yeah. Crazy, crazy numbers. Wonderful. Um, Kudos to, to. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want um, to see that. <laughs> um, okay. Second up. If uh, solar power is 
in your state, where do you rank? This was actually really cool because it shows where all the states are. And I saw some major changes. Like California has always been number one uh, as far as they've been keeping track. North Carolina, actually number two. Mm -hmm. um, Arizona, way up from number seven to number three. Nevada, wait, wait a minute, where's Hawaii? Uh, yeah, Hawaii's down here, number <laughs> we 14. We need to start 14. Why right? are we 14? Well, I mean, how many people we got out it's, here? It's, the problem, the problem, capacity, yeah, the total right? installed capacity. The problem is they didn't do that. So where, where's our honorable mention here for, for having the most? It's, it's actually in here, isn't it? Are we the most uh, per, per capita? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Any idea about that yeah, one, John? We don't know. <laughs> I think per capita. I'm, I, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm almost positive of that. So if we do a different graph here program. that says, or a different ranking that says, who has the most solar per capita, Hawaii is maybe would the shining star would be, right on would top. would be number one, so let's all pat ourselves on all the right, back and then wonderful. go install some more panels. Did you say, Jay, there were only 44 states in <laughs> and this And actually, graph? yeah, in the, in the, in the city, I have tried to find Alaska, and it's not in here. And then I realized that, you know what, someone, some people have seceded because it's only, there are only 44 states, according <laughs> to their that? report. Um, but I guess there are some places where they're truly just isn't enough solar to even mention, which, wow. is, un which is unfortunate. Wow. Okay. We'll hey, um, hey uh, as part of, actually, I'm going to say part of our, uh, our national section here, let's talk about what's going on in Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. We actually just got a text message before the show aired from Kyle Bolger of Blue Ion uh, Energy, uh, and he's a really remarkable fellow. He's on site right now touring a 45 megawatt largest mm -hmm. solar farm in the Caribbean. Uh, and touring the damage from the hurricane. I can't remember the name of the hurricane now because there were so many. Was it, uh, there was the Texas and then there was Florida and then there was Puerto Rico recently, yeah. right? But the one that basically knocked out the grid, you know? And so Puerto yep. Rico is this kind of cautionary tale for us. And he's out there looking at 45 gigs Meg. of megs. Meg. Megs, sorry, thank you. Yeah, thank you, thank you. 45 megs, gigs would be, yeah, not yes. right. <laughs> 45 yes. megs of, uh, of solar farm. And, and then we have some amazing pictures he sent in. Uh, so, so this really, is a solar farm that existed before the storm yeah. and how it weathered. Um, do you know if they're functional or not? Uh, well, he, he said 5% of mm -hmm. the, actually, this is kind of his takeaway. He said, yep. you know, make sure you kind of mention that just 5% of the solar farm was compromised by the storm. So whereas, you know, it, there it certainly, you, there are pictures of panels in the grass, uh, you know, over the fence. There are pictures of bent, uh, uh, you know, racking and, and end clamps and things like that. So, I mean, it clearly went through some abuse, but really 5% of the deployment was what was compromised and the rest of it's still there so i'm sure they're snapping wires back together and making sure it's all you know working correctly it is a storage plus solar system um but it's only five percent was compromised so it's actually a kind of a uh, you know that's success not bad story. this is a ground-based system yeah, big when ground you're talking about, yeah large large in install uh when you see those fields of solar panels what it what looks like a solar farm that's what we're yeah. talking about yeah and this is a really important thing folks to just keep our minds on here you know we are a uh an island micro uh, great migrate ourselves we're an island grid ourselves where you know we're out here in the middle of the pacific and uh you know this is i think this is a real cautionary tale for us we we need to get batteries Event eventually in every home. it's going to happen the, the way the way storms have been in recent memory uh eventually we're going to get hit yeah. And just prepare yourself for that. Right. I mean, when we're hearing stories, first of all, everybody in the industry seems to be out there. You know, all of right. our partners and the great companies are out there doing work. I know Tabuchi Electric, John, we were saying they have something like 40 systems deployed right yep. now. 40 plus in, in Puerto Rico, yes. Yeah, 40 systems in and, Taka. And 50% of those are off-grid. They're actually off-grid. 100% off-grid because there, there is no grid where they, where they install. Taka showed me a map of, of how they're all distributed all around the, uh, the area of Puerto Rico. Up in the San Juan area, you actually have grid intact. 
uh, but down out towards the mountains, maybe out towards the, I think, the west more, mm -hmm. the tip in like Rincon, with, I have some family, that area seems to be pretty um, uh, affected. Like there's just, that's, a lot of those systems are off grid, right. uh, from what I can tell, anyway. And uh, so we hope to hear more from all of our good you know, partners out there, and, and there, it seems like they're doing amazing work and really kind of changing that grid and taking uh, it to a new level. So, uh, but people are definitely hurting, and not everybody has, uh, has energy right now or power. Generators, yeah. every, it's really, I mean, we're talking six months or something, right? Are we six months it's, out of that? It's been a long time. Yeah, no, that was when we were in Vegas. So, yeah. You don't more have than, power. You don't than. have, you don't Can you imagine? water. You can't use your cell phones. None of these things work, right? So, yep. uh, very uh, important thing for us to keep in mind here in Maui. So, we also have some things going on in Maui, Jay. Uh, really important stuff. We had the, uh, yeah, what do you want This to was huge. Well, we, I mean, we talked about it when we left the show last week that we were going down to Miko to view their presentation. It was a live presentation from Oahu on the new programs. Yep. So the new programs are your CGS Plus and your Smart Export uh, situation. Um, we just came up with a, a utility dive article, um, one small step for Hawaii Solar, one leap toward 100% renewables. This is very positive. Um, I don't know if I necessarily agree with all their takeaways. <laughs> yeah, sure. There's some <laughs> controversy here. There's a lot of controversy, but in, in, at the end of the day, there are two new programs. They've opened up more space on the grid. If you do want to get in and do um, solar in, in a in a cost-effective way we're certainly going to talk about that but if you if you just want to get on a, yeah. a solar program of some kind and you probably should uh, there is space on the grid that it that said these are interim programs which means they are capped there is yep. so only so much solar available <coughs> um, you said what approximately yeah, there's about seven megawatts seven megawatts right? which equates to about two thousand oh. oh how many homes you how mean? many actual residences that uh, is I think it's I think it's around two thousand if it's about what about three and a half kW size system Ish, yeah yeah, that probably sounds right, right? Yeah. If it's a three and a half kW size system, seven seven megawatts would be about two thousand actual homes. Yeah, so that's two so, only only two thousand people are are able right. to get in on this program. So if you're interested in it, do it now. Yeah, but you, that, you can you can file for an application and then not do it. But if you want to do it and you didn't file, then you're not going to get in. Yeah, what is it? Um, what, did, what did Doug say that I really like that quote? Get in now. It's only getting worse with, the, with the utility. <laughs> he has a way of putting yeah, very succinct was, yeah, about that some was things. Very, yeah, that was quite quite direct. But uh, you know, and I know we're going to hear a lot from John about some of his concepts on on which programs make the most sense uh, for for homeowners, and I, I tend to lean in that direction as well. Mm -hmm. Just to clarify, people, you know the We've had a program called NEM, Net Energy Metering. That was a one-to-one -one exchange of kilowatt-hour credits. That's gone as of 2015. We had CGS, Consumer Grid Supply, which came on after that. That was like about a six-megawatt bucket. That That's that's gone. Some, some of my friends are still getting permitted, actually. Yep. They're finally coming through. Well, so they, they yeah. applied a long they time ago. That's, a year what, ago. that's yeah. what I'm saying. You apply, apply a year ago, you will finally get it. Yep. But it takes you have to get through the process, and you have to get in line. Otherwise, because yep. you can't yep. apply anymore. Yep. And the, we're going to learn all about the CSS, which is the self-supply system, the one that you don't export any energy. You have your own batteries, you have your own solar, and you manage your own yeah, energy. Self-supply means exactly yeah. what it sounds like, is you supply yourself. Right. And theoretically uncapped right now, Mm -hmm. Right, and there is some kind of murmurings of, of a concern about the uh, how when when more and more people start to do CSS, is is the utility going to uh, going to try to find a way to disallow that, not not to, to keep that from happening? And the conversation circles around something called reactive load. Mm -hmm. Now, it, because we the, the utility, the grid actually needs energy, needs needs load out there to take all that energy it's producing, right? Right. So there's this dialogue of oh, this might end up being something where they start putting out IRS statements again. Mm -hmm. uh, that was so. We'll 
we'll learn more about that. But right now, CSS theoretically uncapped. We got a great methodology you're gonna learn about with John, right? Yep. And there's CGS Plus, couple of now. These are we're, we're gonna give you a quick rundown on some of the things that we, uh, as we understand it right now. We talked to a lot of Miko guys. Uh, shout out to uh, Amy and Shayna and Sharon and Joe for all their help in helping us understand these programs. You know, kind of paraphrasing them for us. The the actual conference was about three hours, right? Yeah, we're, so, we're hopeful. We're hopeful to get them on the sh in the yeah. sh on the show in the coming weeks to talk about this stuff directly from Miko. I mean, that's that's the right way to that's, do it. That we, uh, I think it's going to happen. Yeah, I think it's going to happen. I think so. But after at, at that said, again, as we understand it. But for CGS Plus, that's kind of the new on-grid, uh, you know, you can backfeed some energy program. Mm -hmm. uh, so we got about that seven megawatts uh, availability in Maui. We have uh, some sizing restrictions. So they're actually, there's a, there's a method that they, they look at your bill and they say, oh, this is the size you should be. So it won't be as big as some of the systems that you may have put in in the past. Mm -hmm. We'll take a look at that graph in the future. Uh, potentially curtailed, the whole, net, the whole nature of CGS Plus, when we say curtailed, we mean the utility has the ability to say no thank you for that energy at a given time. Now that being said, speaking to some of the MECO representatives, you know, their takeaway is that it's, 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 it's ranked in a, in a, in a, if there's a rank order of curtailment priority, mm -hmm. and that this is actually the last in that rank order. So or, it might start or way down the bottom. Yeah. It's, it's toward the bottom. There, right. A lot of things would be cut off before CGS residential customers, right. but it is a potential. Right, right. So very interesting, and how that happens, there's some concern about how that might actually happen. So when it shuts down, does it shut down your whole system in order to capture that reactor? My understanding is yes. Yes. <laughs> so there's, um, these, this which, is just- Which means uh, you, even if you have solar on your house, you're not using it. <laughs> so we'll have to see how this pans out. Hopefully, me can come in here and give us some real good granular kind of clarity on these programs. Sure. Um, smart export, not boatloads of information on that one. It seems really, really similar to me as the CGS Plus program. Mm -hmm. The tariff is a little better because what they're asking for is you to export energy during 4 p.m. to 9 a.m., so overnight. So these yeah. are people with, with solar plus storage, so you have yeah. a battery, and they actually want you to export, because it's when everybody else's solar is not right. exporting, that's what they need. They need right. people to export energy when there isn't any sun. And so the smart export, I think, they made it a little bit more attractive by right. raising the tariffs. We just got to chuck a couple of micro wind, wind turbines up there, and then we oh, can just uh, shoot it back. You know? That's exactly what you, <laughs> so, or you Or you can put in batteries yourself and <laughs> discharge your battery, but then you're discharging your battery overnight for everybody else instead but, of your own use. But, they, but the, the, the export rate is something like 14 kilowatt hours, kilowatt, 14.41 cents a kilowatt hour. Something like that, for yeah. Maui, right? right? But the levelized cost of energy over the warranted system life of a battery is, is kind of the same, right? Yeah. Not the same, right, John? Or, or higher, yeah. yes. Or higher. Yeah, or higher. So it doesn't make financial sense to sell. Go, off of, off a yeah. battery. Right. It's not a good business model, folks. Don't no. go out and buy a bunch of batteries to go sell. Nope. At least unless you have like a really great price on batteries. Well, there was <laughs> that one pitch, the you know, smart import uh -huh. concept, where you would actually buy at a really low rate. If you had uh -huh. a, if you have a time of time of use, you would buy at a low rate, oh. store it, and then export when when oh. it was you would get a high tariff. I get to see so my it was favorite. actually just a, a warehouse. They, they imagined this warehouse of batteries <laughs> where you just charge them all on the cheap rate at like 2 a.m. and then export export it when they want. This is this is one of my it's, favorite. You essentially become a peaker plant. This is this is energy arbitrage. Yes. Oh, I love saying that phrase. So, but John, this could be this could play a role in your uh, in, in your presentations possibly. We should we should consider that. I wonder if you can sign up for TOU and Smart Export at the same time. Delta's only two cents a kilowatt. Only two yeah, cents. That's okay. Not gonna work. John's gonna be bringing us back down to reality on everything we say throughout the show. Well, that's it. Okay. If, if if the delta is better, then you're good. And one okay. last one, NEM expansion. This is really important because I think this, this was is hugely clarified in my mind, yep. but not enough. 
Yeah. <laughs> so you can expand. So and we have lots of, the, the thing is, this could be one of the biggest opportunities for everybody out there. Right? Absolutely. You, you already have 11,000, 12,000 people out there with solar and here in Maui, and a lot of people want more energy, right? So here's the basic takeaway. We're still learning more about this. Uh, basically, you can expand your system, but you have a pre-approval size. So if you had, let's say, for example, you had 10 kilowatt pre-approval size, mm -hmm. that's AC, that's the inverter rating, yep. right? And you want to, and you, maybe you've got like a 12 kilowatts of PV up there, right? And you, you know what, I really want to get another two kilowatts. I want to have 14 up there, right? Mm -hmm. So you can do that. You can put on more inverters, you, theoretically, right? We're still getting this dialed in. Put on more inverters, get that 14, 15 kilowatts of, of DC, but that you have to give a little bit on the on the, on the the size of your pre-approval. Mm -hmm. So you come down from a 10 to a nine. They get a one kilowatt reduction requirement in yep. order to expand your system. And you may say, well, what's that? Why would that help me? I can't do The thing is, these bigger systems are very rarely hitting that pre-approval amount. Right, because you have different azimuths throughout the day. They're not all firing at the same time. You have an east, a south, a west, maybe. A lot of these homes sure. are covered, right? Sure. So you have certain pockets of PV that are firing. It might only be four kilowatts in the morning, six, seven, eight kilowatts in the afternoon, maybe, and just talking hypothetically here, and a little bit, you know, and something happening in the, in, in the west. So if you have more solar wrapping around, you know, throughout the entire energy curve, then uh, or throughout the day and creating a kind of a broader energy curve, that may not impact you. You may get the energy you need. That's mm -hmm. that NEM expansion could be great for you, right? Right. So um, there you go. That's the news. We tried to run through that. I'm sure there's more to learn. Uh, and the next thing was the Maui Energy Conference. Well, Maui Energy Conference is the big news item of the week. You got to go uh, attend a whole lot of the, the conferences. I was told no. Uh, Jonah, Jonah got to go. Uh, <laughs> but, it, but it was, um, again, everything that was going on in energy was happening there all week. The theme was actually different than just just solar energy. It was, it was um, carbon decarbonization. 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 So decarbonization in the sense that how would you remove carbon from every process along the way? You want to remove carbon from the energy that the fuel that we build. We, we uh, burn for diesel, obviously. But if you're burning biofuels. Biofuels are still carbon-based, and you're still releasing carbon. Um, carbon sequestration, which is capturing the carbon in the atmosphere and putting it somewhere. Um, that was actually the most interesting conversation for me. Yeah. Um, what was that called? Carbon farming? The carbon farming thing was Whoa. really, 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 really neat. Um, they were talking about um, how to change your farm model to capture as much carbon in the root system in the soil as you possibly can. Right. And that would actually, I mean, what did they say? Plant a tree? Mm -hmm. <laughs> when you when you leave the conference, plant a tree. Um, you, you know the old joke, what was the best time to plant a tree? Oh, 20 years ago? 20 years ago. Yeah. What's the second best time? <laughs> today. Right now, yeah. today. Uh, go plant a tree, folks, <clears throat> because that will capture carbon out of the atmosphere. Talking to a fourth but, generation arborist here, buddy. There you go, yeah, there you go. So. <laughs> you, you, you know the deal. That's why you know the joke. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's grandpa probably told that joke like, you know, once a year. There you go. So, um, <laughs> hey, uh, the, the energy conference was remarkable, and I think that, uh, you know, there's plenty to share Next, uh, we're already talking about the seventh energy uh, Maui Energy Conference. We're in the sixth was this sixth. year, the seventh for next year in 2019, uh, and some really amazing things. We actually were able to get a takeaway after the conference from Doug McLeod, who was the chair, uh, and, and so, former former Renewable Energy Commissioner. Yeah. So well, let's take a listen to what Doug has to say about his experience. 
just yeah. coming off a big, you probably prepped this all year long, it's just finished up amazing speakers, conferences, yeah. activities. How do you feel? No, it's been great. You know, it does take us about six months to really put this together. And this was a year where the topic of carbon and decarbonization, you know, it, it sounds very abstract. And it wasn't easy to make people understand that it is a real thing. It is a practical thing. There are business opportunities. So uh, I feel great having completed all these sessions. I, I feel like people have changed their perception and this will be part of the conversation. You know, people who want to go out and say, I have a biofuel project. Now people are going to go and say, well, you know, what, what's the crop you're growing and how does it affect the carbon levels in the soil? And it opens the opportunity for a much more sophisticated conversation about climate impacts. Excellent. So what I'm hearing is that the conversation for this particular Maui Energy Conference was really about decarbonization and that the guests and the conferences and the discussions elevated that level of sophistication for when we start talking about renewable energies, what is the impact on the, in terms of carbon, and can we have a really sophisticated conversation about that? Is that about right? No, I think you're right. I mean, we've all understood that solar, you know, is, is a pretty good solution in terms of carbon, but we have all these other folks that are proposing biomass, biofuel, these other kinds of projects on Maui, and a lot of it has to do with a desire to preserve an agricultural business way of life, whatever you want to call it, and I understand that, you know, with a sugar company going out of business, but this gives you a framework to talk about which crops actually make sense and, you know, how could you do this in a way that is less damaging. Okay, gotcha. So what were some of the standouts in your mind? Did anything surprise you? Were there any kind of like uh, things that took you by surprise? I thought it was very surprising. Just just to me, we had a panel on carbon farming. And, and I don't know if your listeners are familiar with the term. I honestly was one that a year ago, I'd never heard the term. But the, the concept really is that if you can take carbon out of the air and get it into the roots and into the soil, that there really is a benefit. And, and there's going to be a way to attach a, a dollar figure to that at some point. That, that at this particular moment in time, we got a report from you know the ledge on where they are. And the efforts to, to enact a direct carbon tax are dead in this legislative session. But it's still an ongoing issue. And you can see that, that going forward, Forward, there's just going to be a lot more attention paid to the details. Gotcha. Okay, um, so we just came out of decarbonization. We just came out of 2018 for the Maui Energy Conference. Have you got an inkling of an idea of what's coming next year? You know, at this point, the only thing I'm really thinking is that in terms of our audience, we need to find a way where we can both have this conversation with people that are already experts in the field, but also kind of introduce the next generation. So I don't know if that means that we go farther in terms of bringing students that are in school or how we do that. But, you know, right now we, we really are the energy conference in Hawaii in terms of if you're involved in this business, if you are involved with things related to the utility and the Public Utilities Commission. At this point, you know about our conference and you're probably attending. But our, our mission is really broader. You know, we are not doing this to make money. We're doing this to bring people to Maui, to, to elevate the discussion on Maui, and also just to look at, at real solutions. So 
I don't know what our specific topic is going to be. We're, we're fortunate now that it'll be our sixth year. We're pretty well established and we can afford to take some risks. But at this point, I really don't know specifically what we need to talk about other than we need to find a way to get a younger generation of people discussing these same issues. It shouldn't be all gray-haired people like me talking about what the t next technology is going to be. That's just inconsistent with tech in general. Wow, that's uh, very exciting. I mean, I, we, we, we have daughters, I think, in the same school, right? So we think about our children a lot and about how they can get engaged with this conversation. Just as a talking point, like to give you a sense of how I think dynamic and kind of exciting this group of people uh, are, I was just looking at Twitter and I saw that Gavin, this amazing young kind of super articulate fellow from, from DC working with Utility Dive as a senior reporter and he just moderated the last conference we were at, he a tweet, uh, tweeted about two days ago that there was this potential for NextEra to make a play for the utility in 2019 after speaking with, I think, Henry Curtis from, from Elani Media. So I saw that, I was watching Gavin, and then I went over and I grabbed Henry and I said, Henry, is this true? And Henry goes, yeah, but the ledge found out and they shot it down within 24 hours. And I thought, I can't believe how dynamic and, and um, just amazing, I can't even think of a better word, that type of cycle of information is. And that's all happening right here in this event that's been created by you and Fred and a bunch of other fine folks, I'm sure. You know, again, we really have been fortunate that we have established a homegrown Hawaii energy conference, and there are other conferences out there. There are lots of them, but at this point in time, we are able to attract a level of talent that's really extraordinary. And you mentioned Gavin Bade, and you know, he, he is 26 years old, and he is absolutely brilliant. And I am just so proud. This is the third year we've gotten him here. And again, we talk about taking chances. So, a few years ago, we took a chance to bring you know someone who was 23 years old and put him on the stage and say, no, he really has something to say to this industry of older utility executives. And now they agree. And so that is great. And that's that's one of the good things we've been able to do. And this year, I'm actually proud that, you know, I talked about, I'm still not happy about our audience that, you know, it's all the people that are in the field. But in terms of the speakers we're bringing up, I do feel that, that we as the Maui Energy Conference have brought on a new generation of speakers. And Will Giese from the Hawaii Sierra Club and the Hawaii Solar Energy Association, another person who really just extraordinary talent and just hasn't been able, not hasn't been able, but hasn't been given an opportunity to really get out on the main stage. So both Gavin and Will are examples of what we're trying to do. And the only thing I can promise for next year is uh, we're going to be doing the same thing. I mean, we're looking for people that aren't just names that you've heard of. We want to look at their underlying message and the people that have a message that's really interesting and different. Those are the people that we want. Okay, this is really exciting, and thank you so much for sharing that. You know, when I think about what you're talking about, Gavin's a great example of what you just said earlier, right? You're looking for people, a younger generation, to kind of diversify the audience, diversify the participant base. You almost, it almost sounds like it's a call to finding young champions out there across the country that are focused, devoted, and enthusiastic and capable about uh, renewable energies, decarbonization, the general energy conversation, and, and saying, hey, come join us and be a part of this. Is that what I'm hearing? 
you find us the the top 10 people in the country and we'll pay to bring them to Maui. It's like that. So, uh, <laughs> That's a scoop. I love it. That's beautiful. So you heard it right there from Doug McLeod, Maui Energy Conference 2018. Amazing experience. Thank you so much for all the hard work. Thanks to all your staff. And is there any last minute comments, last things? No, and we appreciate that Maui has got a homegrown energy industry. And, and your show is an example where it, it is tremendously valuable to us to have a knowledgeable base of people here. It's part of what keeps us credible. You know, I said we'd bring the top 10 people, the in top 10 young people, you know, in the country here, and, and I mean that, but part of the reason we can do that is that people in our community continue to support renewable energy. There's just a genuine interest. I, I You go into a room of Maui people and you talk about solar energy, it is hard to find anyone who is against it. People would laugh, like, like, what are you against? And, and that is not the case everywhere in the country. And it is just, sometimes we take that for granted, but being on Maui gives us this incredible base of support. And also, particularly with solar, there is a level of expertise here that's very nice for us to be able to fall back on it. And one last point, this year we did a, a conference for the Japanese government, and it was actually on the Tuesday, right before the main Maui Energy Conference, but we were able to take them on a tour of sites around Maui. And the fact that we had so many interesting energy projects for the Japanese government to see is because of what the solar industry has done here. Got a little bit of goosebumps on that one right there because been duking it out for about a decade here in the industry. So thanks very much for that. And thanks for all the hard work you do. I think it's just spectacular. All right. Aloha. Yeah. All right. That's cool. I mean, I was dying here before, but that brings the energy back. You know, is yeah. the, the conference was just fantastic. The people are fantastic. They're all moving in the right direction and, 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 it, did, and did everybody it. hear that right? Doug McLeod, thanks for that interview, by the way, Doug. I appreciate you taking the time after the conference to kind of give us your takeaway. But Doug's like, hey, we need younger people. We want to have the new young generation of solar champions across the country. And he says, find me the top 10 kind of solar champions, and we'll fly them out here to Maui. So, so folks, that's, if so you're that's our mission now? Yeah. <laughs> our I'm mission. on it. I think it's a great mission. Oh, absolutely. And by absolutely. the way, Doug, we shared that message a little bit this morning, so you might get some calls. Um, but uh, yeah, so hey, we're, we're running behind schedule as usual for the coaster. We're going to try to button that up in the future, but uh, we do. Th I, I do think that was just an, an amazing interview, and I'm so stoked to do that, to have, have, have that opportunity to, and to see where it goes in 2019. So okay. let's jump out of our commercials, and then we're going to jump right into a great conversation with John Borland and learn all about optimizing on-grid solar plus storage. Aloha, and welcome to Maui Solar Project. It is easy to feel rejuvenated just stepping outside on a magnificent Hawaiian day. Maui Solar Project is here to help harness that energy you feel in your body and use it to power your homes and businesses. As Laura tells us, Maui harnessed the sun so as to slow its path across the sky. Join Maui Solar Project as we harness the sun's energy and slow Hawaii's dependence on fossil fuels. Call Maui Solar Project at 269-2352. MauiSolarProject.org. Tabuchi Electric, a leading worldwide inverter manufacturer, presents the second generation of the eco-intelligent battery system, the IBIS. Tabuchi's grid-friendly system includes a high-efficiency inverter, stackable batteries, and integration with Jelly software for the most adaptable battery storage system on the market. The system is optimized for energy management and cost performance. Maximize your solar investment with Tabuchi's electric eco-intelligent battery system. 
The Sonin Batter Eco is an energy storage solution that utilizes intelligent energy management software. The system is available in a variety of storage capacities and allows for expansion. Sonin Battery Eco allows you to save money by harvesting energy from your solar PV system and using that stored energy when rates are more expensive. Sonin Battery Eco is specifically designed to provide you and your family peace of mind in the event of power outage. Our unique power detection system will sense outages in real time and automatically switch over to battery power. See Sonin Battery Eco at sonin-battery.com. MIT-founded Pika Energy, makers of the Pika Energy Island, a smart energy management system that uses solar panels, lithium batteries, and intelligence to manage your energy and keep you powered even during outages. With a clean, intelligent alternative to grid power, you're in control of your energy future. Pika's Energy Island lets you manage electrical costs with HECO-ready self-supply functions. Pika's largest battery, the Harbor Plus, offers 16 kilowatt hours of stored energy and can power loads of up to 10 kilowatts. And if you need more capacity, just add a second or even third Harbor Smart battery to the same system for a maximum of 48 kilowatt hours of usable storage. Pika Energy, own your power. To learn more, visit pika-energy.com. Sundrum Solar is the manufacturer of a revolutionary thermal collector that fits on the underside of your standard PV panel to maximize energy capture per square foot. The Sundrum Solar Hybrid PVT system, combined photovoltaic and thermal, holds the world record for peak hour efficiency, capturing an astounding 86% usable energy. Learn how Sundrum Solar vastly improves electric, heating, and cooling economics at sundrumsolar.com. Okay, there were our wonderful sponsors, and uh, they basically uh, allow us to do what we do. So yeah, they keep us so rolling. Much. Thank you again, sponsors. All right. Yeah, go for it, Jay. Oh, uh, <laughs> I want to roll right in, right in with John. So we've been we've been teasing this all day. Uh, John Borland is a tremendously intelligent uh, consultant gentleman who has spent the last number of years uh, fine-tuning and tweaking his own personal lifestyle and systems to net a zero grid buy. I said that at the, at the head of the show. What does that actually mean? That means even without any kind of NEM program, even without backfeeding, he pays the minimum charge most most of the time at this point yeah. um so the, the minimum charge which is like a seven it, he lives on oahu so it's like 17 dollar charge on his electric bill every month and that's the most he's ever gonna see yeah that's phenomenal it's <laughs> unbelievable. How, unbelievable. Can you, how, how can you do this yeah. um so yeah zero grid bribe what does it mean it means you're not paying um how does this how why would you want to do this in the first place i mean what, i mean what's what was wrong with your electric bill <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, so, so I started out at about $400 a month. That's, and again, that's a lot. <laughs> when I signed up, um, NEMS was no longer available. Right. And the way people got the economic benefits was zero net metering. Okay. So the only way to achieve zero net metering is zero grid buy. Right. So that's why my whole focus was on how do I achieve zero grid buy. And it took me 10 months working with, again, my installer and, and uh, again, Tabuchi Electric to optimize my system. The Tabushi Electric being the, the manufacturer of you, the equipment that you purchased, right? right. The, the software, okay. the hardware, the battery integration. Again, because you need to have the right. intelligence of the control system. Yeah, we've talked about Tabuchi's system as well. It's, it's, it's on air, it's, it is a fully integrated unit. So the battery is made right. um, by Tabuchi. The inverter is made by Tabuchi. The control software is made by Tabuchi. So it's it's very, uh, I almost want to say Apple-esque in that it all integrates one very, very solution. tightly. It's one tight solution, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you've got a $400 bill. <laughs> That's a problem. Um, but I mean, how, how do you get there? When you when you first installed this, my understanding is you 
bought a battery because it was the cheapest quote you could find. And then what happened? <laughs> yeah, yes. So, so, yes. So I bought the system. Uh, again, it was, it was the cheapest that I found on the market. Um, and after the first month, my savings was only 50%. So my bill was still $200. So $200. I was really angry, frustrated. <laughs> it was like right. nowhere near mm-hmm. zero net meeting or zero grid buy. Mm-hmm. So I went both to my, um, again, the solar installer and the, uh, again, Tabuchi Electric and complained. And we did, again, a bunch of continuous improvement programs from a software, from a hardware, for the next 10 months. Okay, so that so you actually went back to the manufacturer and told them this isn't working the way it's supposed to. How can we fix this? Uh, no, it was working the way, again, they specified, oh. but I just wasn't satisfied. Right, okay. Um, you wanted more out of it. I wanted more, because like yeah. I wanted to achieve zero grid buy. Right. And so, so there's things you can do, you know, from a hardware to software optimization, but also required, again, lifestyle behavioral changes. Sure. Um, because again, you need to be, what I learned is by doing this, I was able to achieve what I call um, renewable energy conservation minded. And when mm-hmm. you become renewable energy conservation minded, you can now make your lifestyle changes, such as you know, only using the key household appliances during the key solar output time. So you have to identify, do a Pareto analysis of the key top six home appliance energy consumption items, and then see how you can, again, reduce the amount so, of... So in, in your house, and I think in most houses, it's pretty much the same, but in your house, what were the big draws? What were the big problem areas? Yep. So, so it's also seasonal. So during the winter months, the electric hot water heater is the number one, um, again, source of, of, of energy requirements. Mm-hmm. Summertime, it's the air conditioner. So during the wintertime, I had to therefore can supercharge the hot water so I can, again, using the solar hot water to basically... Um, eliminate the grid pie. Mm-hmm. Summertime, I would have to use cold thermal storage to again optimize my AC and AC electrical cooling. So is it is it is it basically uh, correct to say that you have I mean, you had a four hundred dollar bill, so you had roughly like 40, 50 kilowatt hours a day usage, right? Forty seven. Yes. Forty seven kilowatt hours a day usage, and then you put in a seven kilowatt system, a seven point one or two, right? And you had a ten kilowatt hour battery bank that you could use about six kilowatts of that energy, yeah. and then you put it in and you knocked out about fifty percent of your usage. That was what yeah. happened, right? But then uh, it sounds like you went on this kind of Course, this road for the next couple of I want to say quest. Quest. <laughs> yes, a quest is a, is a great term. Yep. And you started to figure out ways to optimize that. But isn't right. that, is, is, would it be accurate in saying that a big part of that is taking those loads that you're using throughout the day and kind of moving it into that daytime energy curve as much as possible? Is that a big part of the conversation? Um, that was all part of the original, say, 50 or 60% savings. Okay, that was part of the original for these Right. Okay. Because I had done the lifestyle behavioral changes again, using the you know the dryer only between ten and two o'clock in the afternoon, dishwasher a certain time again, putting the refrigerator on a timer so overnight you don't consume mm-hmm. all that. Yeah. So I d- I had done all that, mm-hmm. but then it became the issue of again, like you know optimizing the software in terms of maximizing your battery charge or discharge during the day. So that really required working with the Tabuchi and their software engineer, because you want to make sure it's it's again optimizing maximum efficiency between PV production, battery charging, battery discharging. So those were some of the subtleties. Um, and again, improving their inverter performance, output capabilities, optimizing my hot water tank to get even more supercharged, hotter temperatures, 
those those were the those, both of those things are really interesting to me first that you were able to go back to the manufacturer and actually work with them to improve their existing hardware i mean they thought their their system was was pretty good and you came around and said no it can we, we need to do x y and z and they actually did it that's that's <laughs> and the a big japanese thing. manufacturer yeah, actually right. did it <laughs> that's wonderful I mean, that's no, not always the, the case no right? absolutely absolutely yeah. not yeah that will stick your little thing in the suggestion box and you'll never hear about it again is <laughs> yeah. has been my experience. And, and that makes perfect sense to, to us and not not because we're doing business with Tabuchi Electric. I'd say we're doing business with Tabuchi Electric because, because of that of characteristic. Philosophy, philosophy, and yeah. you know, you sit down and you talk with, you know, Harumi-san and Masa and, and Ben and Christina and all these wonderful people and you can tell that the and, and you know what it is, it cascades all the way down from the owner mm-hmm. who really wants to be here in the United States doing business. Uh, and Harumi told us that story. Harumi-san yeah. tells a great story about how the owner had, you know, made this attempt in the, I think in the 90s to be out in the in the inverter business out in the, in the East Coast of the United States, and this is the really the great opportunity for Tabuchi to expand its its operations uh, out here into the United States. So this is a major priority to come here and do the right thing and take care of the community and it's, support it, their product. It, line. it is that it's it's you, you talk about wanting to do business here, and that's that's part of it. But realistically, they're they're looking at like island states like us. They they just went through this issue with the Fukushima disaster. Um, they look at us as a, a, a kind of kindred spirit, and they really want to make sure that both Japan, Hawaii, Puerto Rico, um, that's the reason why they're out there. They've got 40 systems <laughs> deployed already. Um, but they really, really do care, and they want to make sure that we're covered when there is the next disaster, whatever it happens to be. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so um, John, tell us a little bit more about some of these steps you took. And the main thing, really, is we want um, you know we want uh, our listeners to understand you know in, in, in very straightforward terms uh, what made this work. Can they do it? Can they get a similar system that you had, and can they achieve the same goals? Yeah. What, and what, what, what did you achieve? I, we, we put it out on it. was a pretty big yes. one, right? <laughs> yeah, you talked about cold thermal storage. I don't think anybody understands exactly what that is, <laughs> right. except for me, because I've heard the story before. <laughs> but but, but again, uh, the key is, again, most people, again, that was also part of the frustrating part of the, of the conference. You know, with this new um, policies for the um, um, CGS Plus and Smart Export, it makes it very difficult for new residential customers to adopt rooftop solar. And so, again, that's because, again, they're trying to export, and there's no way, there's no way you're going to export to achieve zero net metering. So you can never get the same savings. My approach is no export and therefore achieve zero grid buy. Yeah, you keep your and energy and you use it. Right. right. And so again, the, the key is zero grid buy. Mm-hmm. And by achieving that, I'm therefore achieving the same result as zero net metering, but I'm doing it all internally. So it's called you know, island nanogrid operation to achieve this. I, I like that. You'll hear that term more and more, nanogrid. Um, the microgrid is like, you can imagine, like a subdivision that would all share its own power. The nanogrid is truly like not, ex- not extending past the walls right, of your a house. A single structure or dwelling, or it could be like a, it could be a, a small condo, you know, townhouse unit. Sure. They can also become nanogrid, nanogrid. self-sufficient. Yes. Gotcha. Nice. You know, and one of the things, I mean, uh, that the, the goal, that, if I understand correctly, you were able to uh, run the math and show that you have a 2.7 year break-even point, simple payback period, uh, which is, you know, uh, unprecedented for sure. I haven't seen anyone else talking about these kinds of numbers with on-grid, uh, on-grid storage, solar storage uh, packages. And no export. Right. <laughs> no export. No export. So that's actually like like faster than NEM, really. 
Yes, yes, exactly. Because you're not oversizing your panels, you're not paying the extra for the PV, which you have to do with NAMS, because again, the NAMS are only gonna get one third back of whatever you right. send. So you gotta have three times the size of your panels to break even with NAMS. So this is kind of like 50% behavioral modification and 50% of what this kind of CSS system the, the equipment can do, right. right? The hardware can do. And then the approval from the utility to say, yeah, I do, you know, go ahead and install this, this, this consumer self-supply system. Yes, right. and so again, that's why currently, therefore I, I am grid-tied, so I buy from the grid on rainy and cloudy days to recharge my batteries. Uh, so. And there was a little trick here. You had a special sauce, right? There was a little trick which had to do with another program that you elected to, yes. to, to join after the, the CSS system. Yeah. And then so, what so did after, you do? So after 10 months, um, again, because in HECO and again on Wahoo, the price is 30 cents a kilowatt. Mm -hmm. So I then, uh, um, after 11 months, I signed up for time of use, TOU. So with a TOU, I'm now paying 13 cents from nine to five. Um, and then therefore it's 36 cents from five to 10, and it's 26 cents from you know, you know, 10 p.m. To, to 9 a.m. Right. So during the um, TOU, the, the, the daytime uses, that's when I would then you know, charge my battery, um, charge my, you know, everything um, using, using the grid by on cloudy and rainy days. So whenever it's cheaper. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Wow, this is uh, that's pretty amazing. So you have a CSS system, you have a TOU yep. election, I guess, you elected and, to do time and, and, and there's another key point. Again, people with battery, you don't want to over-discharge your battery. So again, a lot of people will discharge their battery within the first three to four hours at night. Then it will never last overnight. Mm -hmm. Again, you need to make sure your battery stays, doesn't drain before the next morning. And so that's why the key energy use at night is hot water heating. So that's where it's critical to have the right um, solar, what I call hot thermal storage. Mm -hmm. So you have enough hot water capacity to last overnight so you don't waste discharging your battery for that. So in the case of this one major load, probably the largest one, right, you have you, you, with your, your, your electric hot water, your solar electric hot water, you're getting as much uh, generation from the solar panels as possible. You actually put on a couple extra solar panels, oversize your solar thermal, solar hot water panels mm -hmm. for your, and you have a little extra storage in your tanks. Right. So that, that energy that you collect during the day in that area can last through the night, is that what I'm hearing? Right, so therefore the battery is just purely used for all the other incidental appliances. Because gotcha. again, the hot water heater is the number one overnight energy usage. Okay, so and then what about, and then air conditioning during the uh, summertime, how yes. did you optimize that? So again, um, the AC, again with, you know, most people are concerned about, you know, when they come up from work, they turn on the air conditioning to cool the house off. Again, you're now spiking up to like five kilowatt hour usage. <clears throat> While during the day, um, you know, you have all the panels and, and it's just producing uh, producing electricity. So you, the key is to, again, cool your house down during the day. And therefore, when you come up from work, your house is already like at 70 degrees Fahrenheit. So you don't need to turn on the AC at night. You just mm -hmm. let, it, just turn it off when you get home. So you're cooling off the actual structure of the house. Keeping during the day. It, yeah. yeah, all With the all materials, this, everything that's in your house. You want right. to chill it all because and, that's, that's your ballast. And because I'm, I'm no export. All that PV is wasted anyway, so I'm using it now to run my AC during the day, during the summertime. Right, right. Okay, so those are two of the big kind of rocks in the conversation, right? right? And then, of course, the other ones, we talked about the dryer and the dishwasher and trying to summertime. run those heavier loads throughout the day. Yep. Uh, and Is that pretty much the story in terms of how you manage loads? Um, right, again, you need to identify your key top six home appliance, mm -hmm. and then you look to see how to, what's the correct renewable energy source to use to run those and put a, an order of, of of what's first, second, and third priority. Gotcha. And, and how can uh, clients, how can clients or homeowners or listeners do that? Is it through energy monitoring? Is it through oh, technologies like that? Again, yes. So I had to initially put on three different energy monitoring devices. Mm. Um, one hour device, uh, a, a five minute device, and a one minute. And that allows you to identify those 
um, energy spikes. Again, they're spikes, they're not peaks. They're Got energy it. spikes. We talked about that before, which means you need to select the right energy monitoring right. system so in order to make it And what it level work. of granularity do you need? Like 30-second hits? Um, or well, like no, one minute to me is, is sufficient. One minute? And okay. I, th- and I wonder I wonder what Solar Analytics is. Is it one minute or is it five? What's Smappy? Smappy is pretty... Smappy is like, like multiples per second. second. It's fast. It's an... PGA. Well, we've got access. Yeah, so we have access to some great uh, analytics devices we can recommend to people out there. If you want to go down this road, go down the quest, the John Borland quest to be able to optimize, maybe get close to a 2.7 year payback period. But yeah, another key point is again, this also gets rid of the duck curve. Mm. So if everybody does this, the duck curve utility problem will go away. Yeah, the gotcha. duck curve problem for the people that don't know is the fact that during the day we have all this, this residential solar, all the solar that's basically on the grid um, starts to produce. And it's actually a problem because it's not when people use the majority of their power, right? I mean, there's air conditioning, but most people go to work. They all share the one air conditioner in the office. It's less than that. Um, so, so there's a huge amount of energy available on the grid, and yet there's not that much demand for it. And yet when everybody goes home, <laughs> the process reverses itself. The solar just starts to ramp down, and yet... Everybody comes home and turns on their TV, watches HD Netflix, kicks on the hot water, takes a bath, whatever it happens to be, sucking up huge amounts. Everybody turns on their own home AC. So it's so it's a massive, massive shift in, in energy demand. Let's. This is a great opportunity to segue to our future focus here because John mentioned something to us, which I think once you get past the idea of bringing loads into that curve and mm-hmm. then using your batteries to handle loads outside of the curve, you know, then you have to say, well, how? What else can we do? Well, if you can broaden the shoulders of that and daytime energy curve, you know, then you could actually actually uh, have some real opportunity there to take to kind of mitigate that duck curve, right? So what what was that? Now we're really into bifacials, John. It's kind of our our, our special little Josh like, likes them happy place <laughs> talking about bifacial solar panels. Yep. So uh, you said something to me which just blew my mind. Can you tell our listeners about it? Yeah. So with a bi- bifacial facing um, vertical, you basically get a, a twin peaks is what they call it. So actually shift the midday peak, say from um, twelve o'clock four hours in the morning to eight and four hours in the afternoon to like four. And that will help alleviate the morning peak and the evening peak. And so again, going to vertically standing panels like bifacial or highly tilted panels would give the same sort of effect. So if, folks, if you caught that, we're talking about taking a, a bifacial panel that has ca- energy capture possibility on both both sides. Right. And let's say you have an east-west facing house and you go down your ridge line. If, like, tell, tell me if I'm wrong here, John. You go down your ridge line on the top of your roof and you, you lay out maybe horizontally, you, you lay out vertically, uh, you know, five All or ten panels. All these panels sticking, sticking straight, straight up. Sticking straight up yeah. like a mohawk, yep. right? Yep. <laughs> Which is Jonah's idea with yep. that advertisement we did earlier today. And you're able to capture more energy early in the day and more energy later in the day and you get these three peaks in your energy curve if you have an, if you have existing solar yeah, yeah, yes. then you get a, your standard uh, curve and your standard peak and a, a morning and standard and then an after, afternoon or evening yeah this is a, this future focus thing but I've seen there are fields in Germany that they're actually already doing this and it looks so weird but it makes perfect sense where the sun comes up first thing in the morning what's it facing the flat of that panel and I, I guarantee they're pulling a good amount of energy off it <laughs> hey John can't thank you enough for coming on the solar coaster I'm sorry we didn't have more time there's so much to cover this week but we really got the I think the main points of your presentation which is just brilliant and we're so thankful to have you in the industry doing all the hard work and helping us and sharing with us insights into how to accomplish the same goal so yeah we do have access to, to all John's material if you do have questions you want to ask more to us go to the solar-coaster.com website go down the bottom fill out your uh, little application there you can send us questions or call into the show anytime 
If you want to be the first uh, vertical bifacial person in Maui with some uh, sun cream sticking up from your ridgeline, uh, do give us a call. We, we do have some here. And then uh, we also have these great deals from Maui Solar Project, the 6.9 kilowatt system for 29.5. This week only, give us a call. Uh, hey, this has been the uh, Solar Coaster, sponsored by Maui Solar Project, Bushi Electric America, Sonin Battery, Pika Energy, and Sun Drum Solar. Thanks so much, fellas, for a great show. Happy Friday. Hello, Friday, folks. Thank you.